Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour And we are back from the MCG after attending Origin 1 Boxhead and New South Wales winning the first game of the series. They did, yeah. It wasn't uh, convincing, but we'll take it. We'll take it. Take what you can get. Mm. Uh, 11 debutants, obviously. Big ask on the flip side of things. Very disrupted camp from Queensland. Take nothing away from that side of things as well. Uh, that whole spine that's been there for so long, obviously, not there. Thurston retiring previously. Smith pulling out for the series. Slater's injury. Cronk retiring. Um, Gagai. Hunt. Gagai's an finger. Michael Moore. Wasn't, it wasn't a good camp for Queensland. Uh, if we are ever going to beat them uh, or we're ever going to be short odds to win a game, it was last night. Uh, and now, similar situation to last year. Exactly the same thing happened last year. We, we won game one. Went home in game two. After 60 minutes, looked like we couldn't lose. Uh, and somehow managed to and lost the series 2-1. So for Blues fans, it'll be an all-too-familiar feeling. Uh, all the chips go in. I'm pretty confident that the side we've got can win in Queensland, but you just we know what it's like going up there. It's just a totally different environment, um, and yet there's a whole lot of external elements that you've got to deal with, not just what happens on the football field. You're never, ever going to win a penalty count up there, um, and any 50-50 call is going to go to Queensland. So... But I still feel, coming out of this, it's still different to last year in the sense of this bad camp, if anything, it did hinder Queensland, but it probably helped our situation, having so many new guys and things being a bit clunky. And there was some things that needed yeah, to be ironed well, out from last night, but it, it certainly, I think more so from that perspective, aided our young blokes. We got through, we got the win. They bring a confidence boost back to New South Wales with the crowd that'll be bumping. And I think they're a completely different side compared to what we had last year. I've yeah. got confidence that on the back we, of that win. We won that game last night by 10. Could have won by more. We had two late tries disallowed. We also had the intercept try, which was thrown by Maloney. And I think that's as bad as we're going to play this series. Or I hope that's as bad as we're going to play this series. Because I'm telling you right now, if they produce that performance again tomorrow night in game two, sorry, in a couple the performance of weeks. from last night, again in game two, they lose. They lose, 100%. They and will lose. There was plenty of holes in it. And again, we're never, ever biased towards New South Wales. And for everybody out there, saying all oh, the bitching and moaning today. Oh, this, no, there was a lot of bitching this... and moaning. I, the one for me, I can't believe, there was, a, there was a try where Greg English dropped it in Melbourne that Queensland forget about. There's the obstruction of Hodges that they forget about. Last night, that last pass was forward. The yeah. Maloney pass was forward. However... I, for me, for the life of me, I, I don't know why Queensland are jumping up and down because it's a game they were realistically never... They were in it, but you never felt like they were going to win it. Well, I'll tell you the biggest thing, after watching it, as we've just done again, having a quick look uh, to see anything we kind of missed, 
They had the better of territory. They we had, didn't have a quick look. We just rewatched it. They had a lot more opportunities inside 20, and they produced nothing. Yeah. Uh, the one thing they produced was a kick in behind from Ben Hunt, which was smart. He got the defenders up and poked it in behind. But other than that, it was an intercept that went the other way from Maloney, and everything else inside 20, New South Wales defended, got him over the sideline a couple of times, cleaned it up, or held on. Yep. So, and, and they dominated field position. Yeah. And I think on the flip side of them, like you said, they're not going to be the same the next game. That spine will be better. Munster, Hunt, McCulloch will be better. Morgan going into fullback late. Uh, do they come back with Billy Slater game two? Does Ponga get the start? Well, wait, that's another thing I think they're going to have to consider heading into game two. Yeah. Billy Slater's going to miss a couple of weeks re-injuring this hamstring. Speaking to somebody who is a physio the other day, he reckons that if it is a re-injury, he still may miss another two weeks. So would you be happy going into game two with Billy Slater not playing almost for a month to five weeks and picking him? Yeah, I would be. I would be. I, yeah, I'd honestly I'll, stick with well, what they I just said. Well, they just did it with Josh McGuire. So what's the difference? Well, one bloke's not 35 and has multiple matter. injuries. Well, he, yeah, but you use that number, like 35. 30, he's not 35. Like his body, he, his he, body he doesn't have that of a 35-year-old. Like have a look at the rig on the bloke. Well, I'm going this way. I said before the series started I would have picked Ponga. Uh, they obviously couldn't use him last night. And I don't blame yeah, okay, him. Okay, so they bring him into rest. camp. Why, why can they use him last night? I mean, how how many minutes did Milford could've. play? 16. Please, as if Ponga couldn't have played 16 minutes. I don't want him off the bench. I want him starting. I don't either. I want him to play fullback. But it's Billy's last series. Billy will play fullback. I, I would pick uh, Ponga on the bench because, for me, he's going to do exactly the same thing, if not more of a job, than what Milford just did last night. What, you're going to throw him in the halves and just let him float? Or just let him go. Let yeah. him play. All right. Uh, I think the other one, you wanted Scott in. I said that I would have had Papal in the background, Cooper not in, but somebody else. But... Hang on a minute. I said I wouldn't have had Cooper. I wouldn't have had... Um, in a, well, the way I would have reshuffled it is how I had Papali and I would have had Scott. I Jared Wallace, I'm a Titans fan, but there's no way he's a starting origin front row. He doesn't solid. have the impact. So you need Matt Scott there. They, they absolutely need Matt Scott there. And that's coming from a forward pack, which I think for the most part, didn't dominate us last night, but I thought they won won it's the battle yeah, in the forwards. Certainly held their own. I don't think they dominated it, but I think I thought no. they. If you were going to give it on points, I, I would have just given it to Queensland's forwards on points. Realistically, summing up and looking back on the end of it, it come down to a couple of individual moments. We did what usually happens to us. Usually, like last year, that game two we're speaking of, we had more possession, more inside twenty, more territory. But the few times Queensland got an opportunity, they broke our heart, and they've done so over the last decade. I feel last night. Cook, Tedesco, Latrell's like crash over. We produced in those few moments and we didn't have a whole lot of chances inside 20 and we got points when we needed them, which is generally something that hasn't happened in the past. Yeah. So we, we definitely didn't have anywhere near as much good ball as what they did. But um, I suppose getting through it in a bit more depth in the first half, you kind of feel the first five minutes watching it when we were there that New South Wales were a bit flat and a bit nervous, that's for sure. They came out, uh, they're on the back foot early. Queensland were all over from Territory. And the set finishes weren't exactly great either. The first few kicks, they were no, very poor. They, and, um, they had two chances early inside 20, but we were lucky to turn them away. And the little turning point again was the man who got me into the match, James Tedesco. He made a line break early on within the first five or six minutes, got us a penalty, which got us up the other end of the field. And from that point in time, New South Wales looked like the team that was in control. They've got some repeat sets, built some pressure. Uh, that obviously only resulted in a penalty goal. Would have liked to have seen him go for the jug, but... It was a game that literally kind of went in a pattern like that. It was you have the possession or you dominate, we dominate. You dominate, we dominate. And it flowed really well as we've seen in previous years because the ball was kept in play. The referees did a good job staying out of the way, basically. Uh, and it was played at a very frantic pace. 
It was, yeah. The penalty count surprised me. The penalty count did surprise me. So, uh, look, I, if, New Ca- if New South Wales don't complete as high as they did, I really think they struggle to win that game. They completed it at 90%. Yeah, 90 like, to 81. And even Queensland's 81. That's probably a little bit below where you want to be. You want to be at 85, I think, at least in an origin game. Um, and But there were a couple of 50-50. You know, there was the, the strip, which I thought was a fair call. I thought he dropped it. Uh, but again, you've you've seen those penalised. So there's a couple there that were errors, but could have easily been penalties as well. Yeah. Um, New South Wales won possession, only just. So it was it was fairly, fairly even. Well, there was two glaring ones for me that showed that we created more in attack even with less football. Five line breaks to one. Yeah. And they generally came off again. That man James Tedesco who produced a few of them. And Damien Cook, who were both the two most dynamic players for New South Wales on the field. And the other glaring stat was the missed tackles. New South Wales. For as much as we talked about their edges being under threat, seemed to have affected Queensland edges more. Will Chambers, who's generally a very good defender, missed something like 10 tackles last night. Uh, they had 53 misses for the game. So 30-plus more misses than New South Wales is not exactly what we were expecting no. when you looked at those uh, edges coming into the preview. But getting back to, I suppose, more the action side of things in that first half, they found that penalty goal. Queensland had their best chance of the game not long after that where... Will Chambers got that ball off Felice Cafusi after that Addo car come in, and that ends up proving costly. He drops that ball with the line basically wide open, and New South Wales go the other direction. And that man we talked about, Josh Chambers, McGuire. Back to what you said, Chambers, 10 missed tackles, yeah. Munster, 8. There was plenty of misses from Queensland, mm. 53 total. And the tackle breaks from New South Wales, in particular from Tedesco, Addo Carr, Latrell Mitchell were massive. I think 17. Oh, Felice Cafusi missed 8 as well. Yeah, so that edges were... that. Edge in particular, that Melbourne So there's edge. 26 missed tackles within three players. So, yeah, sorry to interrupt you. Keep going. Yeah, You're I was going just, good, mate. just saying that uh, Chambers had an opportunity there when Adokar jammed in on the outside, had his winger with him, and he dropped the football. That proves costly because that man we talked about off six weeks rest, Josh Maguire, gets caught in the ruck after they run at him. Damien Cook uses him basically as a, a bit of a shield to get himself to the line. Finds Maloney, who finds Tedesco. And before you know it, we've gone from a clunky, nervous start with some poor set finishes to up 8-0 on the scoreboard. Yeah, and that was one of those ones where the penalty count was the right call because New South Wales got the ball back after having all that glut of possession. We take the penalty goal. Maloney kicks it. They kick off. We score the next set. So that was a good sign. When they took the two, I... You know, we both sort of went, ah, oh, uh, okay. You said, oh, they'll take the two. They I will. thought, no, roll on, roll on. But, you know, it was... In the end, it was the right call. I think you just got to be—you've just got to be confident that you're going to get through that next set, and you can never be 100% certain. But uh, not only did they get through the set, they rolled through and, and managed to score a try. And it was sort of—that's where you like the penalty goal because it Maloney knocks a kick over, and all of a sudden, within three minutes, it's a two-score game. It's gone from nil all to eight nil, and it's a, it's a two-score game. And for me, I—I I think we spoke about it in the preview. I—I I always felt. Confident if New South Wales had the lead. The nervous part of the game was when Queensland scored that try to start the second half. We'll get to that, but it was the only sort of time in the game where I got a little bit nervous because, you know, those demons of the past come up, but I think it was a right call by Freddie to play all the debutants because they didn't have those devils in their head, did they? They just yeah, they they steadied and pushed on. Yeah. Um, but off the back of that, you kind of felt, like I said, ball in play, different kind of game, origin, it flowed, they were allowed to play. Queensland was starting to get tired. We've got that penalty goal. We've got that try. We're starting to pit him in their own half. Things are looking much, much better. And then Greg Inglis trying to turn things around, lift his side, obviously, intentionally offside. 
but absolutely ironed out Tom Trebojevic. And I think he got the reaction he was looking for from his team after that. They did try to perk up a little bit, but we still found ourselves with an opportunity going down their end to score in the right-hand corner. And James Maloney, as we've talked about a million times with halves, you want to play with the hip square, your eyes up and not sell what you're doing. He just premeditated on that block shape where Valentine Holmes, is when we're watching the centre, as you said, he just went all in, didn't he? He was two men short. He was inside his winger and yeah. his centre. They had a four on two there and he just had to try and pick the pass. And Maloney, like I said, he, he didn't even look for Holmes. He was premeditating that pass. He's chucked it and Holmes come up. Oh, look, I think he knew Holmes was coming hard, but he was trying to, he tried to zip that pass through to beat him on the outside and he, you lost. You played roulette and you lost. So... For me, if he catches steady, squares up, looks like, and that's that's easy to say because he didn't have a lot of time. Yeah. The defense was jamming. If he just rolls it, pokes it in behind Holmes, we score easily. Well, it's basically the Ben Hunt play in the second half. Exactly of yeah. the, the same. Well, kind of it was principle. a lot more congestion. There was two New South Wales players there. Yeah. Ado Car and Tedesco were both there. But if you look at the replay on the uh, on the on the Maloney intercept, if he rolls it, and there's no one, nah, no one, plenty there. of space. No he, one. He had room so, for error with his kick too. Hunt and look, that was something that I spoke about. And you know, we're going to get to the kicking game because I thought that was the biggest weakness in our game last night was our kicking game in general. Mm. Um, and that's another one where you just you your kicking game manipulates how they're able to defend you. And they were confident there that the, there was no way he was going to kick the ball. They knew what shape they were running. He knew where that pass was going, Holmes. And he just went all in. I'm either intercepting it or he's going to go around me anyway. If I hold back, they've got the numbers. They're going to pass around me. So I'm just going to come in, try and make the intercept. And he did. And it was a huge play. That was a that was massive, massive play because, you know, we just spoke about it then watching the game. If New South Wales then go go up 14-0, I think that gets ugly. I think the game gets it ugly. I think New South Wales get confident. They start to roll through. They start to, you know, move the ball a little bit more. And I think that that's where New South Wales exposed Queensland last night. A lot of offloads, a lot of movement around the footy through the middle of the field. Um, you know, the, the last thing Queensland would have wanted was New South Wales to open up their attack. And that that play there was the biggest play of the night that kept Queensland in the game. That was that was that intercept was the difference between it being a blowout and a close game. Yeah, and at the same time, uh, looking at that side of things, I think I just. I'm looking at that point in time and thinking, well, we're rolling upfield here. We're getting to the edges. A lot of the things I didn't expect to be happening were happening, and boom. It, it, you just kind of worry at that point like we do over the past decade. Those demons are going to set back in, but we have to look at the positive side, I guess, again, like you mentioned. For 11 debutantes, they didn't let it affect them like the previous group. They held on, and they scrambled, and for the rest of that half, after that intercept, we were under pressure. We struggled for the last 10 minutes, Um I think we will, they really, really did a good job trying to target coming out of yardage and get our blokes into the corners and pin them and get them one out off scoots. And like you said, we need to change the point of attack and try to shift out or get back to the centre, but we didn't do that. We didn't. We did it on a couple of occasions. A couple. But I think, not, um, not often enough. And Queensland's defence on kick chase and when we were in yardage was exceptional. Mm. They were so good. They just picked us up, dumped us, held us up. Like I spoke about, the contact... To hold New South Wales up, they yeah. they were doing that. They slowed us down. Uh, they they averaged, I think, four more meters per set. Yeah. last night. And set so they, starts. That, that's what we're speaking about at the at the start when, when you're talking about. I, I gave the Queensland forwards the points last night. I thought they, yeah. 
you know, they were probably let down a little by their halves and their creative players, I think. I think our, our halves and creative players, particularly James Sadesco, who was a standout on the field. Yeah, and Cook. Those Cook two as well, yeah. They they were the reason why we won the game. Yeah, because I know a lot of forwards, people... they were thereabouts, but they, they weren't as dominant as what we thought they were going to be. No, they definitely weren't. And again, I think a few guys, brand new arena, warmed themselves get into it. the game, I which get is it. why I feel yeah. game two and getting a win is going to be a But also, I think, you know, look at a guy like Josh McGuire. Like, he's a bit of a grub to me. Like, he had a, he's got a lot of shit in his game, but... You know, he didn't play for six weeks. He was And he savage. was just he was unbelievable. Savage. Yeah, he was great. You know, minus all the shit that he niggly throws in, which I don't like. But, mm. you know, for the core and the stuff that he just – the basic, simple stuff he does, he's very effective. Yeah. So the back end of the half there, like you said, you feel like they're coming home over the top. Chambers puts that kick in, and as usual, the bloody bounce of the ball pops up with one blade of grass to spare. Tedesco takes it dead. Inside 20 again. New South Wales just continue to hold on. Um, and then at the back end of the half, they get another kick there where Ben Hunt off a quick play of the ball, shifts back to the right, bounces up, Addo Car goes to knock it out. People were whinging about that call as well. The ruling on that one is not the fact that Addo Car had knocked it backwards. It's the fact that Gagai's hand had touched it in the process of it going out, and that was in yeah. the forward being direction, forward. which is a knock-on. Yes. Constitutes a knock-on. Yeah. That was the right call. So there's nothing to be complained about there, but... Uh, the chip and chase we said on halftime, risky, stupid, don't like they they shut it down. But that's the last thing you need at eight six yeah. after all the pressure you'd built. You know, it was basically. Oh look, if we're thirty meters out from Queensland line, I don't mind it. But we we were twenty meters out from our own and we line just and we defended did. for about I, five minutes. So. Didn't understand it. Yeah, it just it was a lack of game sense. That's for sure. Yeah, in all honesty, I think first half looking at it, you're looking at poor set finishes. We had a lack of push around the football. We looked a little bit nervous, a bit. A couple of guys just kind of feeling their way into it. But most importantly, we got through the half. And the big difference is, again, Tedesco, he was absolutely outstanding. Cook was great as well. Um, there was a couple of defensive plays by Nathan Cleary we saw throughout the game and his energy in that area. And kick chase, even though the set finishes weren't great, he was fantastic. And on the Queensland side of things, probably more, again, disappointed with inside 20. For as much football as they had, Munster, Hunt probably didn't produce as much as you'd like. I thought Morgan had a strong game at the back, but... Uh, he didn't get to inject him, <clears throat> inject himself probably as much from the back. Yeah. And McCulloch just does his job. He's not really creative with the football. He can screw it every now and then. But probably Munster and Hunt in particular with the amount of inside 20s were a little bit guilty for not coming up with a bit more considering they were dominant. And they, they were very adamant on pre-line passing. They didn't really dig in and they were on early shifts a lot to try and get to those edges. And, and our edges in the end ended up doing a very good job, mm. must admit. I think Latrell's edge and Maloney in particular did a real good job. I think James Roberts got exposed a couple of times, but in the end, we scrambled well. And in particular, going back to Nathan Cleary, you look at that game and look at some of the inside cover or second efforts he makes to help out James Roberts and that right edge that he was on. Nathan Cleary was outstanding. Yeah, he was. But Unbelievable. Second half, you kind of feel, you know, again, nervous energy, 8-6. Can we go on with the job here? Can Queensland come back? First set for Queensland's perfect. Fourth tackle, early kick, pin us inside 10. New South Wales, struggling to come out of yardage, couple of uh, offloads, really struggling. Then we drop the ball, oh, sorry, a forward pass from James Maloney to end the set, which is not what you need from the bloke who's the most experienced in your team to start the half. And on the back end of that, not only do we have a poor first set and an error, we, we concede. concede. Yeah, off so the kick. Straight but away. We, I spoke about it in the preview, and we were discussing how New South Wales are going to be effective in yardage. And I don't think they were at all all night. And probably until the end of the game, the last sort of half an hour when Tom Trebojevic had some really nice carries out of our end. I thought Adokar was good, but he was. Pressure. But a lot of the time, Adokar was either first or second carry on the back of a slow play the ball. And then the referees, and I'm not, not criticising the referees, but the referees allowed 
a pretty slow ruck last night. I thought they allowed a lot of flopping, a lot of three-man peels, a lot of things that just negated what what Ado Car was able to create for New South Wales. So, and that that the, the way that game was officiated, I, I, I thought the refs did a good job. But yeah. that was just one observation. It I sort still... of nullified. In an NRL game, they would have been penalising a lot of the stuff that Queensland were but doing. On but that, on that, it was note, going both ways. Yeah, but it nullified what Ado Car was doing. I on thought. that note of what you said, though, I saw what I always kind of see Queensland did what you need to do in origin. They were spiteful. They were angry. They got stuck into us. Yeah, we, we, we were still too friendly. Yeah. I thought New South, Wales, New South Wales was still very kind. And, and it, Gus made that comment, I think, with probably 25 to go. And New South Wales, like, Queensland were whacking us, and yeah, he's sort of going, well, we in. need to be doing the same thing, and he's right. But even that ruck, like, we're hopping off early, we're not giving it to him. Like, there was a couple of moments near the back end when the confidence was built up, but we still definitely were too friendly. But yeah. um, to concede that first set, like we said, those demons... Coming to the back of your head straight away, thinking, oh, for us, yeah, yeah but here we obviously go. not for the players because not a lot of them had experienced that before. Nah, and which is the, good, it's a fresh approach. Those shifts and sliding door moments that strip you were about to talk about on the back end of that, it's 12 8. You think Queensland may have a bit of control there. Uh, I think it's Angus Crichton's getting his hands out of the ruck, and Gag Guy comes up with what is a loose carry. And was there a hand in there? You could look on the replay, it's one of those ones that could go either way, but. At the same time, whether it sounds biased or not, there's got to be some onus on the ball carrier. And in that arena in particular, um, I thought... Yeah, I think it's one of those ones where the ball carrier is trying to move his arm, uh, the ball away. The ball, the shrugged. guy tackling is trying to pull his arm away. And the ball came loose. So yeah. it's one of those ones where I think that it could have easily been penalised, but I'm happy with the call. Obviously, as a New South Wales fan, I'm happy with the call. But yeah, the onus is you got to hold the ball. I think he just assumed it was going to be a penalty, and he was shocked and started to bitch and moan once the decision was made. But, I mean, if you drop the ball and you have poor ball security, you open yourself up to the referee's interpretation. Mm. And you make him make a call. So, And that's really the only time the referees got involved last night, I thought, when they had to make a call. Otherwise, yeah. they were just happy to supervise the game, which was great. Well, that error ends up being costly, and we find our way back in. Uh, Cordner runs a nice outside in line, which when that try was sent up, was caught an obstruction and a no try, which is... Well, there's two two issues I had with the refereeing last night. That that try being sent up, no try, I had an issue with, and the Maloney forward pass I had an issue with. Well, the oh, touch sorry. judge there. Three things, three things. And Will Chambers lifting his fucking knees. Almost every time he ran the football. It was disgusting. Like, and from a player welfare point of view, for him just to laugh, there was a couple of times in commentary where they were laughing about it. I just think it's a, it's it's one of the the biggest dog acts you can you can do. I think as a player, because if I'm going in and I and I lower my level, which you do when you're defending, and you know it didn't happen last night, but it's just a matter of time if that continues and they allow it to happen before someone gets need in the sternum, or gets need in the jaw, or need in the head. Because Damien Cook's not a not a tall guy. If no. he's tackling someone like David Clemmer and Clemmer's lifting his knees, it's it's very, very it would be very easy for him to get caught one in the head. So I think I think they've charged Will Chambers. We, we got back to the hotel and saw the back end of Nine's coverage and they said, but I think bracing that we're talking about. They, yeah. they charge him with an early guilty plea he gets off. So I, I just don't like the fact that there's is there a lesson learnt there for Will Chambers? I hope there is. I hope that he doesn't do it in game two. Um I thought Greg Inglis was doing it a little bit as well. Uh, and look, I, I don't think I think David Clemmer's done that in the past. He's, yeah. he's lifted his knees. He heisted. It, I don't think it's not a Queensland thing. But last night it was definitely Will Chambers Will was the Chambers, one doing it. Watching him at club um, in Melbourne every week doesn't run like that. I don't. Yeah, exactly. That, so that it was, was it was he was blatantly going into contact yeah. with a raised leg at it's, that last step when he it's was dangerous. dipping the shoulder. It's dangerous. And I thought it was a that that was the one issue with the refereeing. And there was a moment there where he hit Damien Cook in the ribs, 
and Cook was down, and Queensland went down our left edge. Greg Inglis got away, um, and it was lucky that they didn't score, but we had a player down because he'd been needing yeah. the sternum. So, yeah, it's something I think they've got to they've got to address it quickly. And again, it's a for, I go back to my original point. Like it's a player association issue because it's players doing it to other players. There's yeah. got to be some sort of code of ethics that I get its origin. I get its origin. Yeah, it's still a dog. What, what you, Greg Inglis did to Trebojevic and yeah. what Greg Inglis did Whacking. to Nathan Cleary and what Regan Campbell-Gillard um, did to Gavin yeah. Cooper were all legal yeah. in my eyes. They were all just good, good tough, tunnel, hard, hard shots, yeah? yeah? that one, These ones that Chambers are doing are, are dangerous. Yeah. Are dangerous and I think they're, I think they're low. And He's, I love Will Chambers. He's probably my favourite player in the league. I, 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 I like him, yeah. you know? But I've also got no bias. But I've got to call it how I... How I see it, and I just last night it was riling me up. Yeah, but I, like I said, I've got no bias being a Melbourne fan because I love him too. But I get frustrated even sometimes at Melbourne because if he goes over the edge in a game, which he's been known to do, yeah. and he did it earlier in the year against the Sharks, the game was done. Yeah, we'd lost that game, and then he got suspended for two or three matches. Yeah. And I'm just looking at it sometimes, and I go, "Well, it's unnecessary." Mm. At that level, there's even more emotion involved, and I get it. But he came out from the moment go with the intention of using his leg when he was going yeah. into contact, which was more worrying. Mm. Um, and I think if he's only going to get a week with some of the charges he's had previously, and again, he, I just lucky. don't like the fact that we we wait for a serious injury and then we react. Mm. This is one that they need to react on right now. Stamp it out. Yeah. Well, on that, going back to that play before we went off another tangent about him, Cordner, no, was, that was my bad. Yeah, no, that's all right. Cordner's line uh, was good. How <coughs> the referees saw a blight in that, I don't know. It was just a bad read on the inside. And for anyone, again, that was saying, James Tedesco can't ball play, like Dead said, I, we said it in years previously, at the Tigers, what did you expect? At the Tigers, he did a lot of things off his own bat. No, I th- he didn't I have a whole lot going on play. around him. I think that his, his, his number one play isn't his ball playing. His number one play no. is his run. But, but he his has run the opens up the ability for him to no, pass. But he has the ability to ball play. And, and I definitely it. think it's something that's been developed this year. He, appro- imp- uh, he proved it again in that play. Because when he got that sweep, they didn't have numbers. They had a three on two. Yeah. He throws a nice double pump. Squares his hips up. He brought a man in to give that ball to Latrell to give him enough time and full credit to Latrell Mitchell. And again, I, we hate making mention or comparing people to Greg Inglis, but it's like watching the clone. Yeah. He knocks three blokes over, finds his way over the line, and, and going back to him versus Will Chambers, to be honest, I thought Will would have given him a tough night. I thought Latrell gave yeah, Will Chambers a, a rough night on yeah. the flip side of it. So. I'll tell you what, I'm not going to compare James Tedesco to Billy Slater, but I am. The movement. The lateral movement. If you're defending um, Slater, <clears throat> you, you can never really rush up on him because he's so quick to move laterally. He can just move around you. And Tedesco has that effect as well. He, I don't think he's 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 got a long way to go before he's even in the same sentence as oh, Billy Slater. As, as a, wise, but ability, in terms of a career, but ability, his lateral movement is probably better than Billy Slater's. And you saw it again last night just when he gets an offload and he can come across to like a B defender and then in a second, he can cut right back across inside the A defender and just beat players on their inside shoulder. It's something exceptional. about... Exceptional. But it just means you can't get off your line. Nah. So if you're defending him, you're going, well, I'd love to get up and close his space down, but if I do... Boom. And he goes, he can go inside and outside me. So it's, he gets... And this is what I'm saying about it. opens up that pass because the centre, Chambers, held off because he saw Tedesco coming around on the sweep... And it allowed Latrell Mitchell to go to that inside shoulder and run that nice unders line. It was just a smart footy. It just those little intricacies in his movement, his ability just to skip across a player in that split second. And every line break he made last night was from that. Just his ability to either accelerate or move laterally very quickly. That was the point I was going to make. He doesn't 
typically run like a normal person does. It's not big strides or bursts. He has like this little shuffle yeah. where he's almost not moving at all. Or he's on the spot. And like you said, it's not even just forward movement. He can just shift sideways or be out of your way in a split second. A truffle shuffle. And it dead set kills you. And if you, every one of those half breaks, line breaks he made was off that set <clears> stop <throat> when he just shuffles his feet like the Flintstones trying to kick off the running car yeah. and he just moves. And it, I've never seen someone's hips stay as square while he's moving laterally. Like he keeps his body position that way because of the way he holds his feet. Yeah. And he's very short with those steps. But um, well, that try- Tedesco and uh, Valentine Holmes had were the only two to go over 200 meters, but Holmes had that 90 Yeah, meter, the one run. Tedesco had a couple of breaks. So but- it's, uh, it's, you know, it's a bit of fool's gold. But like, you Tedesco's co- meters, man. Yeah, but you want to compare the work. Look at the tackle breaks. 17 tackle breaks. Yeah. He no, had- no, I'm not comparing. I'm just no, saying. No, I'm just saying. The in terms quality, of running meters. Quality wow. of the runs are in the meters he gained. He broke 17 tackles. Corner had- was the closest, really, with 156. Gagai had 158. Yeah, well, Gagai's always great in yardage. Morgan 174. Cordner so. had some excellent carries, just dirty carries out of yardage last night to help out our backs. They weren't carries that are glorious ones, but he was just there yeah. for everything. But that try was a good moment, nicely summed up. It got him back to 12 all. And on the back of that, we go back to back with points. And it comes from that man that we talked about. And the reason they picked him Cook was for any half opportunity they could get. There was a half quick play the ball there. He shoots off. We were looking at it thinking there's not enough push around the football, which there wasn't. But he still finds a way to keep it alive long enough to find Tedesco, who makes another line break. It pushes us downfield. We throw something at that left-hand side again with Latrell, and then Maloney just comes back to the open, kicks to Tom, who just towers, as we know, when he gets up in the air. and Very probably looked like early in his career when he started off at Manly, yeah. getting up there and getting over Munster. And I hear people, again, just the complaints were ridiculous that that's a double movement last night when that contest with the ball and him getting over the line. There's no hands on him. He scores the try there. There was nothing wrong with it. The only thing they had to look at, which they did, was possession of the ball. Did he maintain it? Was it knocked out, etc.? So um, it was just kind of strange at how it flipped so quickly, and we went yeah. back-to-back with those points. But that was a real turning point. But <clears throat> one thing we highlighted over there, I was worried about the goal kicking. Yeah. Because even at 18-12, again, not comfortable. But only shivved that penalty goal. Uh, or was it not the penalty goal? No, it wasn't the penalty goal. No, it was a conversion. He, Shiv the one from uh, wide out, which was a hard kick, mind you, but yep. he shanked it, and that's not something you generally see him do. And then he missed <laughs> the other one as well, which, again, was a hard kick, but it's not very often you see him miss two yeah, in a row. Yeah, well, the conversation was, and we had the conversation, that you know, we were really confident with our goal kicking, but he got out kicked by Holmes. Yeah, and Holmes... And I know people say Holmes is a part-time kicker. We had this discussion last night at the ground, but he's only not kicking because they prefer Townsend. Like, he's a kicker. I think, I, he... I think he's a better kicker than Townsend, based on what I saw last night. Well, the one from sideline was an absolute cracker, but 18-12, things are looking good. Tedesco, Cook in particular, capitalise on any of those opportunities or half breaks to the middle of the field. Uh, I thought Jake Trebojevic, when he came on, his link play and the, the numbers and the doubt he creates around the middle yeah. when he goes to the line with the ball in hand was very, very good when he got his stint on the field. But uh, off the back of that, we just went into a bit of a struggle in yardage like we talked about all night, and we didn't change that point of attack. So trying to scoot out of a corner... Hanging in there, they they made it their mission to target Tom, and I don't think it was because they thought they could get an error out of him. I thought that they looked at him as the biggest body, yeah, coming out of yardage. So if they well, could also get him, they've they'd seen that game. A lot of them played against him in that game, um, Brisbane. Where he dropped four or yeah, five. Yeah, dropped four or five. So that would have stuck in their mind. But yeah, they, they were taken away. I just the, don't understand why you just they just keep going and going and go. Like you, you test him a couple of times. Once he comes up diamonds, you just 
you got to look somewhere else, don't you, for another deficiency. They just well, again, kept doing it. I think they were more looking for an error or territory, which they were starting to get. And they probably wanted Addo Carr having the carry out of the corner, not him. And they strangled us somewhat there, and we held on and defended a few times and come up with some good plays. But I think that targeting was more put him in the corner. We didn't change that point of attack like you were saying before. We were scooting one out from the corner or taking a one-out carry. Uh, we lost that territory battle. But it comes back to, again, in the past, we've been poor defensively or we've made an error we've given up points in those critical times and the other night we just refused to yeah we ran gi over the side on that time we had pressure around the ball munster not long after that brings it into the line when they're attacking us inside 20 again and i think it's Crichton who's got his hands in there tackling him and munster tries to offload it and drops it into him which again constitutes a knock-on when you drop the ball into a defender yeah uh, and then again later on they're coming after us short side play when cook's down from that knee greg inglis gets tackled um, the other one where Cooper gets it, and it was a three-on-two, and we had an opportunity, and Nathan Cleary helps out James Roberts and dragged him over the sideline. We just kept turning up. Yeah. So I guess in the end, when you look at it, again, there's a lot of things that we can work on, but the one thing we saw, which we never really saw, was those effort areas, the mental areas. Anytime it looked like we could have broke, we didn't. Yeah. They found a way. They scrambled very, very well. They defended their line, which is probably the most important thing, under duress. Um, that's the one thing I took out of it last night. If they're going to defend like that game too, the attacking is going to get better. The kicking game is going to get better. They're going to be able to do a bit of video. A lot of those guys are going to be a lot more confident now that they've played a game of origin. Yeah. And they're coming home to a home crowd. It's going to be absolutely... Yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of pressure in this game now. A lot of pressure. So, I, And I think we, we must address two major things. The kicking game and our kick selection and our location when we're kicking. I spoke about that in the preview. You can't be kicking off sidelines. And a lot of the time they were. And I get that we wanted to use our... <clears throat> centers and wingers in uh, in yardage. But more often than not, I think we're going to try and land in the middle of the field. And you've got to think about who's taking the carry before the kick. So whoever you think is your most effective player or most likely player to get a quick play of the ball, he should be having the carry before you kick. Too often we're kicking from a sideline off a slow play of the ball. It should be that we're kicking from the middle on the back of a quick play of the ball with two kickers plus Cook as an option from the middle of the field. Well, the, the only... And the other one is our yardage work. I, I think... Queensland just bashed the shit out of us in yardage. Yep. And we, we said that they were going to compress up and try and do that. Yeah, and we, we needed to we try something smaller, different. Yeah. And we didn't. And I think if, if we, and this, I think the conditions are going to be very similar in Melbourne as what they will be in Sydney. So, yeah, I just, I worry. I, I, I do worry. So we'll see what comes out of, uh, you know, the two weeks that Freddie's got to have a look at it. Oh, you know, I'm sure he would have had a meeting with them today. I'm not sure whether he would have done. Got the time to do a lot of video, but hopefully can get some video out to them over the next week and sort of try and iron out some of those things. And um, Queensland, yeah, they're going to be a lot better. They're going to have a lot more, a lot more settled camp, I'd imagine. So, well, there's there's a lot of things like I said, more settled mm-hmm. camp. Uh, but they were good last night. I thought Queensland's effort was fan, fantastic. There Given wasn't a week. You're not there wasn't have... really a player that I thought, no, he didn't have a go on either side. But you know, there were a few there. I think that'll be Gavin Cooper's last game for Queensland. Um, yeah, a couple of errors. He didn't have a great night. Yeah, I, and I just think I think that'll be Anthony Milford's last game for Queensland. I, I don't understand this fascination. With, I think Kevin Walters has got a love affair with Anthony. Well, Milford he, for some he coached reason. him in Brisbane. Oh, I get when that. They went but when is he? When is he this... dominated? Like when's the last time he really dominated in our? Yeah, but we know this about rep football. Some blokes. I get it, but Callum Ponga would have been the X factor in that game last night. And you know, you throw him on there when Queensland score with thirty to go, and you put him onto the field and inject him into the game with his creativity and his ability to 
to bust defences up. And I really think that Queensland could have won that game. Well, you have him on at the back end there when we were talking about defending, holding on. I think it was 18-12 for like a 15-minute period. Nathan got dragged into the in goal at the back end there, yeah. and they had a repeat set. And I think that was one where they went to short side and ended up with Cooper or somebody, and they got tackled. No, it was when, uh, that's when Munster kicked it and hit the corner post. That was Morgan. Morgan, sorry, kicked yeah. it, hit the corner post. That was one of their last rolls of the dice that we probably didn't speak of. But if that here. pulls up, that, that ball pulls up, they score, it's 18-16, it's kick to come on the sideline. Yeah. So, Well, in all honesty. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Again, we dodged a few bullets. I think we were the better side. Um, I don't know whether... Yeah, well, we're definitely the better side because we won, but... You just look at it and go, there, there were a lot of lot of bullets that whisked past the head last oh, night. And it, a lot of people probably wouldn't have noticed. And it all comes back to, exactly what I said before, we've never defended that well. We yeah. defended our line, we turned them away. How often, like, but Queensland's attack has never been that poor. No, nah, and that's so, exactly what I was getting at. So there's mm. two big things you're going to change. I think we have more improvement overall. Yeah, I think as a team, like I said, 11 debutants, halves kicking game's got to get better. Yardage has got to get better. There wasn't enough push through the middle of the field. I thought some of our forwards... Warmed into the game and it took too long. Yeah. I think there's a couple of guys that got Tom stuck. Tom was another one I thought warmed, into, warmed the into the game. If there's a couple that stood out immediately, I thought. Vaughn warmed into the game. I thought Jack DeBellin instantly just started yeah, whacking blokes. Good. He didn't care. And Jake Jabrovich was great. Jake was great. And Cordner. And Cordner led from the front. I don't care what anyone says. It's not yeah, flashy. Well, I'll cop it on the chin. I, I didn't have him in my side. I had, I had Angus Crichton. Yeah. But that's, that's as good as I've seen Boyd Cordner play. In well, this year, well, he just did all the all the one percenters and all the dirty shit. He, he, was fantastic. he did all of it, and absolutely fantastic. Again, though, I think the forwards I'd say was pretty even, but I'd give it to Queensland. Yeah. You want to talk about yardage work, I'd definitely give that to Queensland, but you want to talk about critical moments or winning the moments or spine, yeah, our key positions, our won key it. positions won it, which has been the difference in the past. And it was Cook and Tedesco, but in I particular. don't think I don't think their forward victory was dominant no, enough for them. It was to win just, the game. and that's yeah. what I'm getting at. That was just in their favor, and mm-hmm. they did a good job because I honestly still think we have the better pack. Um, their outside backs beat us in yardage but yeah edge defence was the other one I give a rap to our edges because we spoke about him being frail or possibly being frail Yeah, I thought Latrell in particular on that edge was really really good and he gave Will Chambers who's a great defensive player and attacking player a buff mm. and, and probably he... the last thing I want to highlight I thought Greg Inglis was good but I think Greg Inglis spent too much time last night niggling and trying to get involved in the shit and trying to tie up players in the play the ball and just Sort of what I would call off-task behaviour, just things that he focused on the task, Greg. Like you've just you've got in between two players, you found your front, play the ball, and he'd try and tie someone up, and it'd be a slow play of the ball, and he'd bitch to the referee. So, you know, I think he was he, there was a noticeable effort for him to try and be involved and try and have an impact, but I just think there were some times there where his energy went into the areas that weren't going to be effective and weren't... Well, I get that, but given the game, given the circumstances and trying to lift things, I thought he was exceptional. And I know there was a few bits and pieces, but I thought he had a great game. And I think that's one of his most involved games, which is probably the biggest yeah. criticism I've I had in the past. I think he can be a lot better. I, I disagree. I think he can be a lot better than that. Right. Same as Will Chambers. Like, I think Will, they, they, Will. Both, they both carried the ball well. They made a lot of metres, but I just... 
I'm not even going to compare. Play the ball. Play the ball quick, Greg. Not going to compare Greg to what Will Chambers was doing the other night. And again, I'm, mm. a, I'm a Melbourne man, but I, even I was surprised with that. But I thought Morgan had a really good game. But I thought their centers probably got us on points. Mm, I think maybe James the, Roberts was absent. He didn't have a whole lot. To he do was now. absent, and he you know, and he got Cleary, hooked for he got hooked for Peachy at the end. Cleary helped him out a lot defensively on that edge. Cleary, if you go back and watch that, there was game, a time there in the second half on when he was on the right edge. So Queensland were coming down their left, our right. And James Roberts did a 360. Yeah, he came in, defense. changed his mind, spun around, went back out. And Nath came across and covered up for him. But watch the kick chase, watch everything. Nathan Cleary's first one in a lot of the times. They ran plenty of traffic at him. He did a good job. On the flip side of that, actually, we talked about targeting Ben Hunt. He did a great job defending against uh, mm. Boyd Cordner. Boyd Cordner went after him more night, and I thought Hunt held his own and pretty the well on that edge. James Maloney, he had some good plays. Yeah. But man, he had some ordinary plays last night. The intercept, obviously. Yeah, it was a seven-tackle set. Yeah, critical time going down there. He you know, kicked it just, out. I, yeah, a couple of missed tackles. He, he did some really, really good things. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But there were some, some things there in his game. But at you the know, same even time. throwing that forward pass, that was his forward pass to start the second half. Well, let's put it this way. Two, yeah, goal, two goals. Two goals, exactly. Yeah, two goals. And I can't blame him for those because they were wider out. But no, he's, he's a 90% goal kicker. you got to kick those. All right. So we picked him partly on his goal kicking. The intercept. So there's like 10 points left on the table. Yeah. And he's the one who decided to throw the pass first set of the second half to Latrell. And it was forward instead of getting a kick and trying to get us back on the back foot, yeah, which that, led that, to points. So that if you want to talk about it. was just as forward as the pass to Addo Carr for that last He's almost try. got some form of direct involvement in points we've left on the place. table and yeah. points we gave away. At the same time, yes, he did put the kick in for Tom, but yeah. Tom made that kick. People are going, that's a try assist. Well, it is a try assist. Good on him, but Tom has to make that play. Yeah, that's 90%. Addo Carr's try assist technically you can oh, take off him because it was forward pass. So that's not his. <coughs> so he's, then, got an, he's got an issue, James Maloney, passing right to left. Nearly threw three or four forward. There was one. There was one there where we picked it up. It was like a meter forward. It was only a short pass. I think it was to Boy Cordner. That mm. was in the second half as well. Um, it was a mile forward. Well, like I said, I just. But it, it was good. What wasn't it? It was a good atmosphere. We were in the MC, MCC members, which was a buzz. Like most people that are on Facebook and social media would have seen where we, where we were sitting. Mm. Um, <clears throat> awesome seats. It was a great trip. Um, you even attended the Blues after party. I got lucky. Yes, yeah. I did. So I went. That was. You know, we got to see Vaughn before the game, and he was pretty nervous. I've got to say, and then after the game, he was he was stoked. So it's just good to see. Um, well, that know, one of, one of your mates, uh, well, one of your mates. You know, I've got I had Nathan there as well, who I've had some involvement. with. It's just nice to see. You know, obviously he's a friend of yours, Nathan. You know, I speak to when I see him. I don't I don't keep in regular contact with him, but um, it's just nice to see people who you've had some sort of involvement with that are good people um, be successful. Well, I felt good. At that Blues after function when we were there with family, friends. it was family, friends, everyone in the room. But it felt good and the whole vibe of the team feels really good and the family. And a lot of those guys haven't played together or don't know each other. Yeah. For a group, like if they get the job done this year and the vibe of that room and just the, just the whole setup with Freddie there, it was very positive. Yeah, good. It, it seemed very, very good. And even being in the room for a little bit, me and Ann, another bloke that were in the bridal party for one, he even said it and he's... He's played a little bit of footy, not a whole lot, but he's like, this has just got a really good feeling about this room. So, yeah. um, And that side of things, and just looking at all the players and the way they came together, fingers crossed things are good for game two. But yeah. all in all, uh, like I said, Latrell Mitchell, all these guys exceeded my expectation. James Tedesco proved everybody wrong that he should have been the fullback. Tom warmed into the game. I think Roberts, like you said, of all the players, probably had the quietest night. 
But in the end, he did his job. He didn't make any critical mistakes. It was just, you want to see more involvement, I guess. Mm. Baloney's the one out of everyone, to me, is the most senior player, needs to step things up. He did have a couple of positive involvements, but the negatives far outweighed uh, the positives. Nathan Cleary, the hits he took, the amount of kick chase, defensive stuff. Like He, he had a great game, given what was dished out to him. And the, my favorite thing about Nathan is there's just no emotion. Mm-hmm. Inglis whacks him, he doesn't bite, he just gets back up. He gets hit by somebody else, he gets back up. Um, all our forwards, to me, need to step up. DeBellin and Jack, I thought, get big ticks. But I think the bench forwards, whether that be Vaughan, I thought Crichton was kind of solid. All those guys now, they've dipped their toe in the pool, need to be better game too. Even Campbell Gillard, I thought the back end was better, but I thought even he was quiet at the start. Yeah. So just about all around, I think there's room for improvement in all areas of our game. Agree. And it's more a positive, like we said, that the number one thing is we defended and we held on and they threw the kitchen sink at us. And they're going to get better in that area. But I think we've got a lot more all-round improvement. Agree. Thanks, so. Melbourne. I love the city. It's a great place. Yeah. Uh, look, there were. I don't think everyone in everyone in Melbourne was that into the game, but they were there. They were present. Um, well, we eighty-seven thousand. You can't complain. It's yeah. Good. That, so I think a lot of them came down to have a look. They didn't really care about the result, but uh, they were there. They were watching. Um, yeah. It was good. Just, just a. It's a great city. Love the place. Yep. So changes for New South Wales, none. If everyone's healthy, that's going again. For Queensland, I... I'd have Cooper out, Milford out. Oh, that, that's a no-brainer. Matt Scott and Caelan Ponga. Oh. And if Billy Slater's fit, I'd carry him at fullback. Ponga as my utility. And Matt Scott starts Jared Wallace to the bench, Papali to the back row, and um, who am I dropping? Gav Cooper out. Well, let's put it this way. If Slater's not healthy and he hasn't played for five weeks, I'm putting Ponga at one. I'm dropping Gavin Cooper. I'm starting Josh Papali, and I'm leaving Matt Scott out, and I'm bringing Joe off Angali, and I'm keeping the young blood moving. Yeah. And it's got, it's coming. It's got to happen. No. One or two games, like I get it, and I know they also they want him in there, but I they turned eight over last year. They've debuted Would you, a couple. What did you just say then? You'd start Arrow? No. I'd, I'd start Arrow, and I'd push. If you're well, not going to do I that, I'd start way? Arrow, I and I'd push McGuire. McGuire to front row. I said that the other way as well, and I'd just mourn the fact that but Wallace still doesn't bring an impact from the bench, so I feel he's better starting for the first 20 just to hang in there for you. And then you put Arrow Matt on Scott, and push Matt Maguire. Scott brings more to a game than Jared But then Wallace. you can push Maguire into that front row role uh, and then put Arrow at lock and let Arrow play more minutes. They didn't really use their bench that whole lot last night. We used Crichton for a long stint. We got more out of Frizzell. Mm. Limited minutes for two of our bench players, but like we, it was kind of weird, actually, the interchanges all around. But I didn't want it. Yeah, I think uh, Munster had a pretty good game, but things are going to get better for him and Hunt as a combination. Look, yep. Felice defensively need to be better, but he had an okay game. Holmes, Gagai, Inglis. But their back five were great. Yeah, they've got more improvement in their spine, though. That's mm. the big area for them, but uh, 53 misses also. And yeah, one, one line break to five, that's not cutting it. They yeah. need to be more creative. So uh, looking forward to game two. Game two, two but... man. Standalone Sunday. We will be there in the members. We've got our tickets this morning, so it'll be good. Can't wait. Well, there's your Origin. 45 minutes. What more do the fans want? Origin review done. So, as we said, a quick preview of round 14 and Mr. Gossip's uh, stint. He didn't have too much for us earlier in the week, but he's got a bit more for us now. And it's going to be hard again to tip looking at some of these teams and he's going to back up. But uh, we've also got to bring up, we finally met... uh, Matt from the Pro Sports Syndicate. Matty so, Barker. Don't know if anybody out there took up the offer from Ned's that you saw there, and those affiliate links will keep going up, but $500 deposit bonus if you were to sign up and go on there. That's pretty bloody hefty on Ned's side of things. But their tips, three from three, a bit of a more simpler one this week from the boys. Obviously, New South Wales just a win, but hey, it came off. And if you followed us, our charity bet, Latrell Mitchell, try, anytime winner. Yeah. Boom. I also said unders. 
And I picked the points. I said New South Wales by 10. There you go. So, a couple Fill of things up. There. We did all right. Fill up. But the Pro Sports Syndicate, big thanks to them again. Uh, that charity bet, nice to meet you, Matt. Uh, pushing things forward. Anyone, take advantage of those affiliate links, follow that free bet, and the total NRL package in general. Like we said, last four weeks, they've really heated up. Over $2,000 in profit. $99 you can sign up for, half price for the first month. If you don't get a return of profit on your tips... You obviously get the next month free. After that, it goes back to the full price of two hundred. But it's only month to month. You can cancel any time if you're not interested. But good uh, fellow, Matt. But he's a he's a Storm fan, Patriots fan. So well, we got along pretty well. I he's like, just as queer as you are. And Will and all the boys out there. Big thanks to them as well. But Mister Gossip, what he's got for us here? The Sharks, as many have heard, are keen on Aaron Woods, but they've said they're only willing to pay four fifty of the eight hundred fifty thousand dollar price tag. Bulldogs have to front the rest and the Knights... For how long? Four years. Well, it's the whole deal, I guess. They want them to play for the most part of it. But uh, the Knights are in a similar position and have some interest, but apparently Aaron Woods doesn't want to go to Newcastle and wants to stay in Sydney. So uh, the Sharks, the front runners, and there was a bit of mail getting around, or I'd heard, that he was spotted in the St. George area around the Leagues Club having a meeting. So maybe they're having a sniff around, much like James Graham, to try and pick up a second prop from the Bulldogs for a discounted rate. So... Uh, I think it's almost a given that Aaron Woods would be leaving. But would, if you swap, he, would you swap back? Graham and him. Would you give Graham they back? They need relief. Them? They can't bring him back on. He's almost done a million dollars this year. They're paying a massive, Graham? He's, they're paying a massive portion. I'm just put this way. If you're Aaron Woods, take everything out of the equation. Newcastle, Sharks, who are you going to? You're getting your money regardless, Sharks. but you want to go to the Sharks, don't you? Oh, no, I'd rather go to Newcastle than Cronulla. You want to go to the rebuild? Oh, I can get, be part of that process. Now. No, part of the process. It's still building. It's building in a positive they're direction. They're a top eight side. Well, if they're fit, they're a top eight side. There you go. That's all I'm asking. If you're Aaron Woods, which club would you rather go to? But he wants to stay in Sydney. He wants to stay so in it's Sydney. A local, it's a geographical decision, so, not a... Yeah, but I'm just saying, me, take I'd that rather, out. I'd if you're Aaron Woods, to, I'd rather go to Newcastle. So I think the Sharks are about Pierce, to... Woods. Sharks are at the... Well, they're on the downhill run to a rebuild, I think. I think the... The Knights are on the uphill well, climb out of a rebuild. At the same time as saying that, I still think they've got some good younger players. And all those 20s kids from last year have moved into Cup. They've been pretty successful so far this year. So they've, got, they've got a nice crop coming through. Yeah. If, if you had to... If I had to bet who's going to finish high for the next three years on the ladder, I'd be back in Newcastle. Right. Not so much this year. I think Cronulla will finish ahead of them this year. But I think next year, well, fully definitely fit. Definitely going to finish high this year. Fully fit. I think Newcastle over the next three years would finish on average higher than Cronulla. Nope. We'll see how that it's plays out. my opinion. Uh, Angus Crichton is getting cold feet, according to Mr. Gossett, with the Roosters contract. He has a meeting with all parties. This is the origin. problem with signing deals so far out. Well, this is the problem again with... Apparently, he loved it there originally, but... And then the, the coach comes in, Seabold, they're Sutton, Inglis, he loves the environment. He's playing rep football. All those boys are there, and all of a sudden, you're like, well, yeah. you know, do I want to change? And it's not that the Roosters aren't going good or aren't going to be going good. You know they're always going to be up there, but... And he had a slow start. This is, where he, this is where he started as well. And yeah, he did have a slow start, but this is where he started. He's been here for almost four or so years now. They've kind of grown... It shocked, so, me. It shocked me he signed with the Roosters, to be fair. It, it's it's more of a reality. I don't think that players get or things set in when you're a younger bloke until you realise what's happening. You're yeah. going to leave. You're not going to be going there every day. Your friends, yeah, everything you've he made. Signed, he signed before he'd had a session with Anthony Seabold. Yeah, well, he had him as his assistant, so he's had an idea yeah, of what he's like the last few years. Yeah. I'm I, just saying that he knows that, the person. He knows the person. He would have yeah, worked with Anthony Seabold. Assistant. Like now, no, I mean, as a head coach, is a different story. Like, look, look at what they've done. He didn't. Anthony Seabold obviously didn't have a great impact when they were. He was an assistant. Well, you, you do now as you're told by. The head I get coach, that, so. but now look at how they're going now. Yeah, and clearly, I bet you he couldn't have foreseen that. Now nah. he's going. Well, hang on a minute. But I think also, and I give some leeway when people get angry at this. He's young. He's 21, 22. 
all his mates there. Reality doesn't really set into you think, yeah. I'm not going to be coming to training, traveling, doing all this with these same blokes that he spent a, a big portion of time and with. And so. it's an interesting situation because it's South and the Roosters. Yeah, well, the other. Roosters were filthy about it. Uh, sorry, South were filthy when it came about. So. Well, the Roosters would be just as filthy if he backflips. More South news from Mr. Gossip. John Sutton will be re-signing in the coming oh, weeks. He's going enormous. On the back of his form, you can understand why. How long, but? I'd only give him I'd two only more give years. Him a year. I'd go a year at a time. He's like 33, 34. Yeah, a year at a time. But again, you want to talk about importance to so the club. So he's off at the end of this year. Yeah. yeah, Angus Crichton came out and said on 360 when they said there's glue players to clubs, they said who was the glue player at South Sydney. He said John Sutton, as much as you put, like again, something that most people wouldn't pick. He's the first in, last out, best one around the group, holds everything together. So clearly yeah. there's more behind the scenes. And what we've seen on field in the last few years, we're happy to say that we've said that it's probably time for him and Clark and a few guys to move on. But again, new coach, new environment. It sparked him back up. He's playing exceptional football right now. Yeah, So well worth it. Tigers from Mr. Gossip here still pushing hard to get Mbai to commence the deal this season. So um, he's a man of principle. By the sound of it, he basically said himself he did the preseason here. He wants to finish the job here. Uh, there's a little bit of cap relief that the Bulldogs can roll over a couple hundred grand on top of next year's cap and help their situation out. So I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if they were interested in uh, you know letting him go early. But at the same time, stand to the job's done. That's what he's thinking. So I'd say good on him by, but maybe he won't have a choice if the dogs are interested to uh, get a couple of hundred grand extra to flip over to next year. But Interesting. Uh, if you're the Tigers, I want him right now too because they're starting to wobble a little bit and they yep. need a bit of help. And the last one he's got here, South. They're rolling. They are chasing Corey Oates' signature. Oh. I heard mail earlier in the year that when Crichton had left, they went out straight after that and they talked to Josh Papali, Jaden Sewer, Felice Kafusi. And Corey Oates. And they were offering Corey Oates to play back row. They wanted Jaden Sewer and a table deal was made of three years, 500000 a year from the Brisbane Broncos. They offered Felice a contract. He obviously stayed at Melbourne. Uh, and the other one was Josh Papali, who that is balked at because he wanted eight hundred grand, and they said no dice. So yeah. uh, they've been very active since knowing they were going to lose Crichton, and I don't blame them. I thought out of all those options the other week when I heard about Sewer, I really like that option if you're going to lose Crichton and replace him with another young a uh, very good rugby league player, but if this thing's starting to get wobbly legs, I'd be not pushing Crichton, but he definitely had to have a meeting ASAP. And my other question is, has he signed that contract yet? It hasn't been announced. We all kind of know it, but has it been signed? Because if it has, there's that 10-day cooling off and it's a done deal. Will the Roosters flip on that or how's that going to work? Yeah, There's yeah. a lot to answer in that situation. Like, Who knows, yeah. I, I still don't remember a formal announcement from the Roosters with Angus, so has it actually been signed? Has it been in a 10-day cooling-off period, or have they just agreed to principle and terms? A handshake, so... Yeah. So I'm, I want to know that side of things. we we'll have to have a bit of a look into that, but... Um, yeah, we move on now to our tips and the odds, thanks to the Pro Sports Syndicate and our charity about this week. It's going to be a pretty hard one to pick, I think, depending on who backs up, Brock. Um, that the first game we've got here is the Raiders against the Panthers. Penrith have got four that could possibly back up. I don't see all of them backing up, in particular... Nathan only two weeks back from that knee injury and then playing Origin. I, I think there's no way they're going to let him play. Maloney, again, being older statesman, having to carry that workload while he's been out. I don't see him. No. Peachy, yes. And I think Campbell Gillard being younger, possibly. But realistically, I don't think the halves are going to play. So with that being the case, no Peter Wallace. They've got in the reserves an 18 and 19, Jerome Luai and Tyro May. Wouldn't surprise me if they were both the halves pairing or if Peachy went into six and either Jerome or Tyro May played seven. Um, but on the flip side of that, looking at that lineup, uh, from the Raiders side of things, you've got Papali who played half a game. His name to start at lock. I'd assume he's going to play. So who would you back here? I'm going to back Canberra. Yep, at home. Mr. Gossip. Zero confidence. Also on the Raiders, I'm thinking similar because they're at home. Uh, but I'm going to go with Penrith. 
And again, no confidence, but I think with those couple of guys backing up, that forward pack having a week off, they've worked really hard to get the position they're in. I don't expect them to win, and this is one Canberra should definitely be up for, but I don't know. I'll, I'll stick with Penrith. The second one we've got, and sorry, I should do the odds, shouldn't I? They're the pro sports syndicate. They're $1.91 apiece, the Raiders yeah, and the Panthers. T- that's a tough game. Uh, if, if all the Penrith players back up, I think Penrith win. Yeah. Minus one, and they've still got a great forward but pack. But I just don't think... I just don't think Penrith would risk them. Why would they risk them? Well, they've still got a gun pack even without them, and they've got great depth. So, yeah. Luai, may you bring a couple of those guys in. I still think they're a legit chance anyway, which is why I think And maybe they've also, they're... for me, they've had the bye. So, they've had the players go into origin after that last game um, against the Dragons. The players would have gone into origin on the Sunday night. So, they've had a week and a half to train as a team without the origin players. So, I don't understand why you would then now undo all of that work that you've had for the last 10 days, similar to an origin prep. Same yeah. thing. I, I, I just think for Penrith, it would be really silly. I, I think they're a better chance. You know, contradict sort of what I said, but you know, if it's Penrith-Canberra, what normal preparation, I back Penrith every day of the week. I just don't like the preparation for Penrith, and I don't like, I wouldn't like them to throw those players in. I just think it'd be silly. Well, I still think you'll say Peachy 100%. Yeah, he played seven Peachy minutes. He's makes playing. sense. Peachy makes He's sense. Playing. He's not a key position player. He didn't play a lot of minutes. But the other boys, I, there's no way I'd play him. Yeah, well, you have to wait and see. I wouldn't play the halves. And I wouldn't Campbell play Reed Campbell Gillard would be Gillard very either. 50-50 as well. But Peachy's definitely playing, I think. But $1.91 apiece. Minus one and a half is the line. Uh, one to 12, both sides here. Canberra Penrith, three, 10 apiece. 450, both four, 13 plus. Titans versus the Bunnies. Uh, there's two to back up on the Titans side of things. Jai Ari, you'd think, would off limited minutes. And I think uh, old Wallace, Jared Wallace half a game as well. On the south side of things, Greg Inglis, Dan Gagai. Uh, I think it'd be unlikely that Greg Inglis backs up. Gagai off a compound fracture or his finger fracture. Why, why would you? Re- I just, if it. I was a coach, man, NRL coach, there is no way any player would back up for me. Cook's played 80 minutes and I look at it and go, Farrah did a great job for you last no week. Way. Stick with the same yep. side. And, and you're going to beat You're going to smash the Titans anyway. You just reshuffle. Angus Crichton, you're sitting as well. Same side as last week. Yep. You move Burgess back to the back row. Murray to lock. You bring same, Robbie Same Farrah thing. In. They play, this is tomorrow night and the players will not have trained today. So you're just going to throw them in tomorrow without a training session? You stick with the same side. Stick that won with the last same week. side. You don't play any of them. And you're going to play the Titans. No offense. But... The Titans, on the other hand, you throw them in because you need every bloody play you can get. Well, I'm tipping South. Yeah, South will win by a mile. And with the odds of the Pro Sports Syndicate, a dollar thirty-seven for the Bunnies. That's overs. Three fifteen. That's for the, overs for the Titans. Minus eight is the line. One to twelve for the Titans. Four forty. Three ten for South. Thirteen plus for South. Two forty. Seven fifty. There's a first leg of our multi. South one to uh, South. Just a win. Manly and the Warriors over in New Zealand. And from all reports when I was there last night, the Trebojevich brothers both went to bed very early and are flying over. So I know they're desperate for troops, but I think it's craziness to think... Again, Trent Barrett, short-term coaching. Well, I know they're desperate, but surely not. They're gone. You've got to travel, short turnaround. Gone. They couldn't uh, beat bloody the Cowboys at home last so week. So Saturday from a Wednesday. So it's that travel Thursday, you lose that day Friday. So they're going to get one day in and they've got a two-day They'll rest. do the captain's run and that's it. So, uh, Jake off the wing. He had a pretty physical game. He got plenty of knocks. Jake played 60 in the middle. You just said Jake twice. Tom off the wing. Jake, Tom. Jake, Jake, yeah, yeah, again. Yeah. They're desperate for troops. They're basically doing this because they're trying to keep their season alive. I don't like alive. it. I, I don't like it. I don't like it either, but I think they're trying to keep their season alive, so I reckon both will back up. I think they're desperate. Well, you've just said it. If yeah. they're travelling over there, if they're getting on a flight at 5 a.m. this morning, they're playing. Flying for a reason, aren't yeah. they? So, Matty Wright, in that sense, he drops back to the bench. So, that's assuming that Tom plays. Sean Lane shifts from the second 
to the second row from Locke. And Tanyola Paseca joins the bench with Brad Parker and Lloyd Perrot out. For the Warriors, Sean Johnson finally returns, which relieves Blake Green to go back to six. But there is a bit of mail coming out today that Roger Tuivasa-Shek didn't finish the session and he may not play. So well. if that happens... Uh, Gerard Beal will move into the side and Peter Hicku will move back to fullback. But at home in New Zealand, off the bye, they've had a bit of a refresh. They'll reset. I'm going to take the Warriors at home. Yeah, Warriors. No confidence, but... Mr. Gossett also on the Warriors and with the Pro Sports Syndicate. They are $1.66 favourites, two twenty-five for Manly. Minus three and a half is the line. One to 12 Warriors, three bucks, three forty for the Eagles. 13 plus Warriors, three fifty-five fifty for the Eagles. The Knights versus the Roosters. Newcastle... Obviously uh, unaffected, and Herman SASA returns to the side after suspension, so good signs for them moving forward. On the Rooster side of things, they've named all their players, but I'd suspect that Tedesco and Cordner definitely don't play. I think Dylan Napa will possibly back up because he only played half a game, and Latrell Mitchell being younger, I don't know whether they'll play him, but I think he has Again, a chance. Again, I'd sit so, all of them. Um, I'm still tipping the Roosters. I still think they've got enough here. I'm not. I'm going to tip the Knights. I think the Knights were good last week. I thought the Roosters really struggled to beat the Tigers, I think there's still a little bit of fake form with the Roosters. I just, I don't know, it's at home. Yeah, well, Mr. Gossip, he's tipped the Roosters as well, and they're $1.36 favourites of the Pro Sports Syndicate. Three fifteen for the Knights, so a bit of value there. Minus eight is the line. One to 12 Roosters, three ten four forty for the Knights. Uh, 13 plus the Roosters, two thirty five eight dollars And that prediction for... is based on the fact that I, I think they're going to rest those players. Yeah, there you go. Parramatta, North Queensland, Saturday Ooh, up there in game. Darwin. Uh, for Parramatta, there's been a complete reshuffle again. So Jared Hayne returns from his injury finally. He moves into the centres. Brad Takarangi moves into the back row to replace Moroa, who's been suspended. Corey Norman back from his foot injury, moves the halfback. Now Moses is out, and he will be partnering Clint Gutherson, who I think has to play fullback, to be honest. He, he can't be playing in the halves. <laughs> Nathan Brown's at lock. Penny Terrapo moves to prop and Gow to the bench. Tim Manor is back after a fractured eye socket. And Look Reed, out. Reed Mahoney, a very good number nine from the under 20 side, has been playing well in cup. He gets a debut off the bench. Uh, on the North Queensland side of things, again, Michael Morgan's named at one. I don't know if he'll back up. Probably not. Uh, Matt Scott returns from suspension. Gavin Cooper, Hess, named to play. Hess is definitely playing. He only played 20 or so minutes. Again, if I'm the Cowboys, I'll play the same side I played last week. Gavin Cooper, I'm not 100% sure. What, you're not playing Scott either? No, I play Scott. Scott comes back in. He wasn't affected by Origin. But well, other than that, I would, I'd rest Morgan and I'd rest... Um, regardless of... I'd, I'd play Hess, sorry. Hess would go in. Scott would go in. But I'd rest... Um, Morgan and Cooper. Morgan and Cooper, definitely. Well, I'm tipping the Cowboys regardless. Uh, I know there's a bit of travel there and I know the Parramatta... Yeah, I'll tip Cowboys, yeah. ...had no one in Origin, but they've just been awful. I'm Parramatta off. are going to win, like a game eventually, but you won't see me tipping them. Mr. Gossip. He's finally got off the Eels after he's off every week. He's on the Cowboys, so his reverse jinx might do a favour here. But with the Pro Sports Syndicate, $1.40 for the Cowboys, $3 for the Eels, minus 7.5 is the line. It's 1 to 12, 310 for the Cowboys, 425 for the Eels, and 13 plus is 240 for the Cowboys, $8 for the Eels. Sharks versus the Tigers, and the Sharks have only got one player to back up in Val Holmes. Uh, they've still got him named at fullback. He's a yeah. So if that's not the case, Edric Lee will go back to fullback again, I suspect, and Fecky onto the wing if that was the case. On the Tigers... It's a Sunday game as well. It's a bit yeah, of time to turn around. <coughs> on the Tigers' side of things, Nofaluma is out with that calf injury, so what Malachi Zalesniak comes on the wing. Uh, Matty Eisenhuth is starting at lock. Tim Grant goes back to the bench. It's at the prison, and there's a long enough turnaround, Shucks. and they've only got one. So 
I'm on the Sharks. And You're on the Sharks. They were disgusting last week. Gossip's on the Sharks, and that's the other thing. I think they'll bounce back for that what reason. What price are they? So $1.53. Oh, yeah. There's our multi. With the Pro Sports Syndicate, the Sharkies, two fifty for the Tigers. Minus 5.5 is the line. 1 to 12 for the Sharks, three dollars three seventy five for the Tigers. 13 plus for the Sharks, $3, $6 for the Tigers. Storm Broncos, usually a bit of a cracker. Uh, again, it is a Sunday, but there is some origin effect. Billy Slater is obviously out with that injury. So Jerome Hughes replaces him at fullback. Uh, you've got Jesse Bromwich back at prop. Glasby is shifting to lock because Dale Finucane is out again. Ryan Hoffman and Christian Welch both return this week on the bench uh, to play there. Munster, Chambers, Felice Cafusi, Addo Carr, they've all been named, but I don't think they'll all back up. And if that's the case, you look at the reserves, Pat Cafusi, Brody Croft, Scott Drinkwater. Uh, they've got a few guys there, Justin Olam. So it's highly possible there's a heavy reshuffle for Melbourne. If Chambers is out, you'll see Justin Olam probably playing the centres. If you see Munster go out, it's highly likely that Brody Croft gets a crack or they may throw a debut to Scott Drinkwater, who's been playing very well in Queensland Cup, or yeah. put him at fullback, which is what he's been playing, and push Hughes to six. Hughes can play six or one. So this could really heavily affect Melbourne. Um, and I want to tip Melbourne. It's down there, but who Brisbane, knows, man? Uh, Brisbane, obviously, you've got James Roberts, Anthony Milford, Maguire and McCulloch. I think for Roberts... He's possibly going to back up. But again, he struggled with that Achilles last time and he's just played another game. So will they turn him around short term? I don't know. Maguire, fresh back off his injury. McCulloch played 65, made 50 tackles. Um, I think they're in a situation where they more might have to play some guys just given uh, stock again. Mm. I think you'll see Anthony Milford. You're going to, definitely going to see Anthony Milford. But in back up there, Tagatizi, Todd Murphy, who plays halves. Troy Dargan, who plays halves. And young David Fafita, who was the 18s captain, played very well last night when we were there. He's yeah, he in the reserves. So a lot of these guys in the reserves there are possibly uh, in line to get a game against Melbourne. But this one, hard to pick who's going to back up. I'm going to tip the Storm because they're at home. Storm at home. Otherwise, yeah, I've got no idea. And yeah, that's a difficult one to pick. And the last one, Mr. Gossip was on that one as well. Storm $1.42 favorites of the Pro Sports Syndicate. Two ninety are the Broncos. Minus 7.5. Is the line one to twelve storm three dollars four dollars for Brisbane thirteen plus storm two sixty eight dollars Brisbane dogs dragons to finish the round off the dragons get plenty of time uh, to turn this one around so on their side of the fence I think that Vaughan will back up I think Debellin played half a game but he still struggled with that hit pointer he may not back up and Frizzell played sixty five or so he's already been playing a fairly heavy load I don't know if him or Ben Hunt will back up either yeah uh, but looking at their reserves. I expected to see Darren Nichols, and he's in there, but he's a last name, which really surprises me. So Pat Herbert, Jacob Host, Reese Robson, Luciano Leluahame, Sello, and Darren Nichols. Uh, Kurt Mann, I guess, then looking at this, would be shuffled in there. But I honestly think that Nichols would do a great job next to Whittle. Yeah, He'd be the perfect partner. But I think uh, Vaughn is your one guarantee to back up. Obviously, only playing 27, 28 minutes. But the Bulldogs, on their side of things, Kieran Foran is out. Michael Leisha is recalled at hooker after almost a month out. Marshall King moves to 5'8". Clem has been named to back up. Adam Elliott pushes to lock. Reese Martin to the bench, and Aiden Tolman returns on the bench. So um, why they're probably less affected and they've tried in every single game, I'm still going to be tipping the Dragons off the long turnaround. Yeah, Dragons. So hard to see if the Bulldogs can turn things around, but we'll see if Leisha moving back into the 9. Marshall King... Into the halves of Frawley can change something, but the odds there of the pro sports in it get two sixty for the dogs, dollar fifty for the dragons, minus six is the line, one to twelve for the dogs, three seventy five, three dollars for the dragons, thirteen plus for the dogs is seven dollars and two eighty for the dragons. 
That's us. Gossip. Round 14 preview. Who backs up? Who knows? And you've got your Origin 1 review there. Pro Sports Syndicate. Keep your eyes on those affiliate links if you're looking for bonus. Well, multi. I'm, I've, I'm on the reins at the moment, aren't I? The charity multi. Because well, I've most weeks a, I ask I've you, win. you palm it my way. So have, Bullshit. Have I, had, I had the one last, last night. That was me. Mitchell, I agree with you. Mitchell and New South Wales. That was my bet. This week, I'm going Rabbitohs into Cronulla. Head to head. How much does that get you? Oh, it'll get us more than two to one. That's what we need. Yeah, so two to one. Anything over two to one, I'm happy with. Yeah. No complaints it'll here. It'll get us more than two to so one. So there you go. We've got the Sharkies who are basically unaffected by one player. Yeah. And South showed last week that they can beat a top side missing multiple players with that forward pack. Robbie Farrar, as like I said, you've got a former state and international player playing fresh in nine and combinations there and good outside back depth. So two-leg multi this week for our charity bit. But yeah, Pro Sports Syndicate, if you look at those sign-ups, the bonus bets, if you don't have offers with some of those accounts they're going to be picking up, uh, take advantage like all of us punters do. We've got multiple accounts for that reason. 220. We all love a bonus sign-up, don't we? Oh. I love a bit of free money. Really? I took the Ladbrokes one, which a lot of people last week asked about uh, at the start of the oh. year. Got 300. I think the Neds one for 500 is incredible. Yeah, that's one I, I don't have 500 at the moment, unfortunately. So oh. otherwise, I would take that. But keep your eyes on those and that Pro Sports Syndicate package the last four weeks. They've been red hot. They're starting to get on a roll with the boys there. So get on board 99 for the month. Our other sponsors, Penrith Solar Centre. They say the best offense. Oh, sorry. <laughs> They say defense is the best offense. So what defense have you got in place against the nasty situation of rising power bills? Penrith Solar Center is Western Sydney's leading solar specialist. Whilst you have little control over your team's outcome, the expert team at PSC are devoted to giving you control of your power bill back. Let the sun work for you and your home and your back pocket. Save thousands per year. It may be the difference between good or great seats watching the NRL Grand Final, or in our case last night, State of Origin. Contact the team at Penrith Solar Center today on 1800 20 29 30 to discuss how they can make you the real winners. Contact Jake and the boys there, www.penrithsolar.com.au. Nepean Boltmaster, if you're a tradesman like myself, get in contact with Warren there, www.nepbolt.com.au. And on Facebook, look them up. They have your complete fastening system supplier. They have a main office at Penrith and another one out there at Seven Hills and a massive warehouse. They boast the largest range of fasteners and associated products, not only in the region but throughout the state, but there's a lot more to them than just fasteners. You'll also find industrial and engineering products, abrasives, hand and cutting tools, lifting materials and handling products, safety and cleaning equipment, paint, and even general hardware. Most importantly, the PM Boltmaster provides total needs sourcing packages for all trades for construction engineering. So get on board with the Boltmaster more than just nuts and bolts. And finally, Paul and Adam and the boys at Poker Deluxe, if you're involved with a football club, which a lot of us have been coaching or associated, bucks, parties, business events, or you want to learn how to play poker, www.pokerdeluxe.com.au are the guys for you. But most importantly, fundraising for sports clubs, look no further. They've got 10 years experience at Poker Deluxe. They are very passionate about what they do and their fundraiser comes with a guaranteed $1,000 profit as a minimum. They provide all equipment, host around the night and over $2,000 worth of prizes to be won. It's a no-brainer. If you're on a committee or involved with a club, get in touch with the boys at Poker Deluxe and have a really fun night. To date, they've raised over $1.5 million for sporting clubs all around Australia. So if you're thinking about a fundraiser, then look no further. And there you go. Massive show. Origin preview, origin review this week. We've done all your fan questions in the previous one. We've done a quick round 14 preview here. Uh, Let's see if the origin players are affected by this week or how the clubs can kick on if they play without their origin players. NRL action continuing. And we look ahead to this weekend. And in a couple of weeks' time, the first ever standalone state of origin on a weekend. Game two. 
New South Wales going back home after a very tight game in Melbourne to try and close the series out with their brand new youthful looking side against Queensland who are in a bit of a rebuild themselves. Fingers crossed and looking forward to that one in a couple of weeks time Sunday in Sydney. But for now, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where are you, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.